Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Todd Lights, public address announcer for your Los Angeles Dodgers. And now, it's time for the Bleed Los Podcast with your hosts Alonso and Juan. And Alicia Del Valle. With the baby-faced gimmick in the sky, Roger. Hello, friends, and welcome to another edition of the Bleed Los Podcast. This week's podcast is presented by our partners at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and the easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests and events with first to market odds and lines find reviews and news for every single league including major league baseball the nfl nba nhl combat sports esports and even golf bet online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information from line live in-game betting props and futures head on over to betonline.ag today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet use our promo code which is believe 50 BLEAV50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Been online where the game starts. We are live in the Carnasada this week, and, uh, and we're just going to go right into it. Stopping by this week's episode of the, of the Carnasada. I forget that we have music. Right, that really threw me off. I'm so sorry. I'm at the and I looked around like, where the hell did that come from? Stopping by the Carnasada, though. Let me let me check. Someone's here from really early. Hold on. Someone came really early today. The production quality is immaculate. Yeah. Somebody just randomly just showed up at the beginning of the show. Oh, yeah, don't they me, know that we're doing a show? Let me let me they check. Don't care. Oh, hold on. They don't care. And stopping by the Carnasada for a few minutes today. Uh excited to talk to this young man because the the, the future is bright. Uh James Outman. James, how you doing? I'm good. I'm really good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, I I know you're you're down back in Oklahoma City, um, and uh, which is not you know not not the, uh, the 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 end of the world. But I wanted to talk to you about your debut because you you not only did you get three hits in your major league debut, but one of them was a home run. So have you come off that high yet? It's okay to say no. Uh, I feel like I I mean definitely. Uh, it's been what a week now, something like that. Um, but yeah, it's, it was unreal. It was cool. It was, uh, obviously something I'll never forget. Um, something I guess not very many people have done. Um, but it was, it was, uh, it was really cool. Who, uh, were you able to get the ball is my main question. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily it was in the bullpen. So, uh, they were able to retrieve it pretty easily. Nice. Cause I know sometimes that, you know, you hear the stories of, uh, you know, someone hit a ball into the stands, and they got to do a little bit of bartering to uh, yeah. to get the ball. Yeah, thank uh, God that didn't happen. Yeah, uh, and your family was was there for the debut, right? Yeah. I, am, am I am, am I wrong there? Yeah, no my my uh, three friends, my fiance, my parents, my grandpa, and my uncle were there. Aside from you, who was the most excited about your your just everything that happened on your debut game? I would say my fiance was the most emotional, uh, but uh, I think the most excited was probably my grandpa because he had kind of been rooting for me in silence—not really in silence, but you know, uh, 
he grew up a Giants fan, a uh, whole family's Giants fans, and he quickly turned into a Dodger fan uh, once I got drafted. So I think I think uh, it meant a lot to him. That's cool. No, that's cool because that, for me, that's my favorite part of when you hear about a guy debuting and you know they go out and hit a bomb in their first hit or, or you know they have a, a memorable debut. The family, right? Because that's the people that have been with you kind of from the start to now, yeah. Uh, and going through the through the the marathon, if you will. So, uh, so that's always good to hear. Juan, go ahead. Hey, James. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, babyface, but I believe in the the Dodgers' big league lineup this year. There has not been any rookies. No rookies have played until James showed up. So, check me if I'm if I'm wrong on that. That being said, James, I mean, this lineup is stacked. You know, we were talking with Michael Bush earlier, and uh, I told him, hey, do you just get pissed whenever you hear the Dodgers got another acquisition where you're just like, I'm never going to make it to the big club because they got a freaking all-star team. So that being said, when you first walked into that locker room, being that you are the first rookie this season to play with the Dodgers, did anybody big-time you, or were they all pretty welcoming to you? They're all like super good dudes. I uh, I remember hearing stories of like, hey, like when you make it to the show, like don't be surprised if people you know don't talk to you or do this and that. But they're all they're all just like normal human beings when you're in the clubhouse, which I thought was pretty refreshing. So I know you were there just for a short amount of time, but was there anyone in particular that? not necessarily took you out under your wing because there's just not enough time, but was actually giving you pointers, things to, hey, man, this is what big leaguers do. This is how you have to carry yourself. Um, man, to be honest, uh, not like one singular person. Um, I, I think the most probably Will Smith. Uh, we're, we're represented by the same guy, so... Uh, we kind of had that connection going in and uh, I was able to kind of go to him for all those questions. And most of, most of my questions, he was like, dude, like basically just saying like, relax and be yourself. But uh, uh, so that was pretty nice. And then everyone, if I had a question, I'll, I'd ask anyone. I'd ask like Almonte, I'd ask Bessia. Um, and they were all just like, yeah, just do this, do that. And uh, you know, they, they were pretty nonchalant about it. So you made baseball look very, very easy. Is that <laughs> is that why no one decided to give you any pointers? Because it's like you just showed up and it's just like, I mean, people were losing. And, of course, this was right in the middle of the trade uh, deadline speculation, right? You go up there, you're five for your first six. And I don't know if you heard all the chatter here, but Dodger fans were just like, screw Soto. We don't need Soto. Do we? We, we got to outman. Like, how... How aware are you of that streak that you had? Or were you just like, hey, man, I want to be here as long as I can, so I'm just going to do my job? It was more It was more of that. Um, I was definitely kind of going unconscious for the first couple games. Um, you know, running off of adrenaline. Uh, adrenaline's huge when you're hitting because you, you can kind of dial it back a little bit, and then you got all this extra bat speed and strength, and your eyesight's all better. But... Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, the trade deadline was, was when I got the call, I actually thought I was getting traded because it was, it was late at night. It was, you know, a couple days before the deadline. I saw the manager's call and I was like, oh, damn. But, uh, but yeah, so. 
let, let me in on that. I mean, how much of that is in the back of your psyche as a player? Do you, anytime the phone rings, do you automatically dread? Oh, man. Because I'm assuming you don't want to leave the Dodgers. But then again, if you do leave the Dodgers, you probably have more of an op a quicker opportunity to play every day in the major leagues, right? Yeah, I mean, the the deadline is in the back of everybody's head, especially the higher levels you get to. You kind of become more of a trade piece. Um, but it's, it's, uh, it's just not something to waste your energy on because it's either going to happen or it's not. You're not going to know about it until the second it happens anyways. So I think, I think for the guys that stress out about it, it, uh, it kind of weighs on them and, and for no reason. Um, it just, it is what it is. Baseball is a business. Um, obviously I want to make it with the team that, uh, drafted me because they gave me the first shot but um you know it's i just want to be the best player i can be honestly and then the rest will take care of itself i'll end up in the show somewhere if i can just continue to have good at bats and and stick around and then hopefully it's the dodgers all right before i throw it back to alonzo i just want to ask you do you know the full story on how they got your home run ball uh i just saw uh, an usher or somebody tossed Vessie of the ball. Um, and then I saw, I saw the picture of him like jumping up and down, but, uh, that's, that's all I know. So correct me if I'm wrong guys, but from the, from the TV coverage, it looked like, uh, you know what? You're, you're right. I think Vessia was the one that immediately jumped up. So maybe you owe Vessia dinner uh, yeah. for, for getting you that ball. <laughs> maybe go ahead, Alonzo. Uh, just real quick, just because you don't see it every day. Uh, I, I wanted to, and it's going to tie into a, the follow-up question, but, uh, just so we know how historic James's debut was, he became the first player in franchise history to have three hits, a home run, three RBIs, two runs scored in his major league baseball debut. And only the second to have three hits, three RBIs in his big league debut. The last time that happened was in 1938. He became the third Dodgers player to have a homer and three hits in his Major League Baseball debut, joining Jose Offerman and Ernie Coy. Uh, became the first Dodger in 30 years to have three or more hits in his Major League Baseball debut. Last time that had happened, uh, Hall of Famer Mike Piazza did that in 1992. And uh, and is the first player in the majors to debut with three hits, a home run, and three RBIs since the Rangers' Joey Gallo in 2015. So you... You, you, you got some accolades, right? But I wanted to ask you about one thing because it comes back to the development of the Dodgers. Uh, you, you've said so yourself that your swing was, was you, that you kind of came into pro ball swinging like a caveman. And, you know, the Dodgers obviously have a track record of developing. And like Juan says, you make baseball look very easy. You have a very, very sweet stroke. And it doesn't even seem like you're going out there trying to hit dingers. You're just trying to make contact. What can you tell us about that development along the way with the Dodgers as you've gone up each level? Yeah, so honestly, it's been like super fluid uh, all the way up through. Um, they're they're really organized at, at communicating with like what I've been working on each day. So like, if I were to move somewhere that day, the hitting coach could pull up my file and be like, "Oh, you know what? Uh, you were working on this. You were doing this." Like. Like it worked, so let's let's continue with that. Um, I don't really know how they do that. It's pretty crazy, but uh, they're they're just super organized, and they I feel like they know exactly what I'm thinking and and like what swings you know feel like work for me, and then they're they're able to kind of 
communicate that up the line. So it just, it kind of feels like I'm hitting with the same hitting coach the whole time, the whole way up. Um, you know, obviously I'm not, but it feels like it. No, absolutely. And I think, you know, cause we, we always hear about that, right. But we haven't really heard a whole lot of people pull back the curtain on that as far as, as what that looks like, because I mean, everyone says it, right. Michael Bush said it himself. Uh, you know, you're, you're currently the number 17 prospect in the Dodgers, you know, farm system, but it feels like everyone gets that, that attention. Like they were a number one pick, you know, something to that effect. Um, and then obviously the proof is in the pudding because everyone makes, you know, Miguel Vargas just made it to the show. Right. And I mean, he doesn't swing like a caveman by any stretch of the imagination, but, uh, but, you know, any way to find, you know, a way to, to get you into the lineup I know is, is huge. Uh, when you, when when you I wanted to ask you, you also during COVID had a hard time, you know, kind of finding places to hit and whatnot. What can you tell us about during that period of time since, you know, we were all inside? I was just trying to be as creative as possible with everything. So, you know, at first I thought it was going to be like a week or a couple weeks. So I was like, oh, you know what? Like, I'm just going to hit off the tee, just make sure I don't get injured, get back to spring training, be ready to go. And then like, Writing on the wall, you see it's going to be postponed. Then you see the season's canceled, and you're like, "All right, well now I need now I need to create a season somehow for myself." So um, at the beginning, it was a lot of uh, kind of breaking into the uh, the local parks cages. Um, some of them were closed down during COVID for some reason. So you kind of like leave it unlocked or like find the ones that. Are, that you can like squeeze through or something like that. Um, we had a family friend who had a, a cage that was probably built in like the seventies. No, it was, it was old. Uh, <laughs> it was an old cage with holes all over it. So we were zip tying it together and like sweeping out uh, all the leaves in the cage. Cause it was an outdoor one. Uh, we ended up, I decided to flip the uh, where home plate was because the way that it was set up initially, I couldn't see cause it was, there's, the, the batter's eye was horrible, so I flipped it around. Um, it, the machine was, like, set up for softball, so I took it apart and, like, made the wheels closer together so it can shoot out baseballs. Um, I called our equipment guy with the Dodgers and asked him for a couple dozen balls. Thankfully, he sent them to me because the ones I had were pretty beat up. And then it was, like, a, it was a concrete floor on the cage, too. But... Uh, so it was, it was rough for me a little bit. Then I got I get the phone call um, from my scout Tom Kunis that uh, he's going to try and set up uh, these Dodger workouts of all the North Northern California Dodger guys. So my first uh, my first at bat since spring training was uh, off Mitch White at some uh, some backfield in San Jose, um, and he carved me. It was impossible. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, then we kind of set it up to be able to go work out at, uh, in Sacramento. We would all meet there. Um, I, I obviously went to Sac State, so we had connections with that. Tom Kunis is from Sacramento. So, uh, we would all meet up and then I would be facing, uh, Justin Brule and Max Gamboa for the most part. And it was, uh, me, Joe Branish and Marcus two hitting off those two guys. And we would meet twice a week. So I was... Sometimes I was the only guy, you know, sometimes all of us were there, but, um, I, I got, you know, probably close to a hundred at bats or so. Um, 
during the whole COVID thing, which I think helped me out a lot when I showed up for uh, instructs at the end of the year. So I felt like I had some at-bats under my belt. No, I mean, during COVID, I mean, COVID was wild, right, for everyone, not just uh, not just athletes, but but uh, it, it was it's good to hear, though, that uh, <laughs> that you were able to kind of keep the uh, the sweet stroke going. I wanted to ask you before I, I send it over to Juan to, to end this, how we always end them. Um, when you got optioned, uh, how did you find out and what, you know, what was your kind of takeaway from that? Because I think that's another thing a lot of people don't talk about either when they when they get sent down. But in some cases, it's not a negative. Um, but but I was just kind of curious what, what that conversation was like when you found that out. Yeah, so they they called me in the doc's office. Um, I knew CT was coming back from an injury. Um, so, you know, right, I'm, CT's an all-star. He's un, like really, 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 really good player. Um, and he's, he has to play, but, uh, call me in the office. The doc was like, Hey, CT's, uh, CT's coming back early, uh, from his rehab assignment. So, you know, uh, we're going to option you down. Like it's not a performance thing. Just, you know, keep, keep being yourself. Uh, and then, uh, you know, expect, expect to, uh, be ready for what anything can happen. And then, you know, when he told me that, the week had been just so crazy that I was like, I wanted to cry, but not, not because I got optioned, just because I was like so emotionally exhausted from the whole week, especially being in San Francisco, being home and all my uh, friends and stuff hitting me up. And so it was, uh, you know, they let me know. And then I just spent the night at my house uh, back home and, uh, you know, showed up in Salt Lake City the next day. Yeah, and and you were here. I live and work here, uh, so I was a little upset I didn't get to see you. You know, you know that's in stroke in person, but also because you know there was a few other guys that were here that you know no names, but uh, but you know it, it, at the end of the day though, you're uh, we know that you'll be back at some point, right? Because you're 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 that damn good. But uh, but it's good to see also the humility, right? Because I, we've said it before with other guys like Miguel Vargas, Michael Bush that we've had on Diego Cartaya, the future it's not only bright for the Dodgers, but also in good hands because of the humility that all you guys have. So whatever you guys are doing, definitely keep doing. Thank you. Uh, that being said, James, you can stop the humility now and you can tell us the truth. <laughs> How pissed were you in that first game back in the minors when you hit that ball? I think you hit it to Yosemite, that ball that you just, I mean, destroyed. But in all honesty, in all honesty, does this change now for you? Now that you've had a taste uh, of the big leagues, like going into spring training next year, do you have different expectations now? Do you expect to actively be competing for a spot now in the big leagues? I mean, I was joking around. I forget with with who, but uh, they're like, "Hey, good job! Like you'll be back." Blah blah blah. I was saying all this stuff, and I was like, "Yeah, I just had the appetizer, and I can't wait for the whole meal." Um, so I- you know, it was it was a good it was a good taste, and I I really. You know, I think now more than ever, I want to get back there. Hey, so, man. Whatever I can. It, it was very impressive to see. And, and I know it's a small sample size, but I, I think you clearly show that you can handle uh, what the big leagues is throwing at you. Uh, two more things before we end the show. Uh, I noticed that you have show hair. And in that uh, Dodger clubhouse, there's a lot of show hair. And, uh, I mean, Dustin May's not even there yet. Uh, so the, the show here is coming. Uh, 
is is it an active choice? I had long hair once, man, and I was going crazy. I it just gets too hot for me. Have you always rocked the the Samson look, or how does this work for you? Uh, I've always kind of had like longer hair, even as a kid. Uh, it was never this long, but uh, you know, I right when I got drafted, I thought one of my buddies got drafted by the White Sox, and they have to be clean shaven and you know look short hair and stuff. So I, I thought the same exact thing was going to happen, you know, across the board. So I don't want to be the guy that they told to uh, cut their hair. So I showed up with, like, short hair, clean shaven. And I remember Clayton McCauley, the first base coach with the Dodgers now, uh, he was our, our uh, field coordinator. He goes, oh, I almost didn't recognize you with the short hair. I was like, yeah, I thought we had to cut it. And he's like, no, come on, man, no rules. And uh, so ever since then, I was like, all right, I'm going to grow it out and, and – It'll be it'll be the uh, the signature. Look. See, this is why the Dodgers are the class organization that they are because Joey Gallo all of a sudden started growing his beard back and now he's hitting. So all, all I'm just saying, hair whether it's facial hair, hair on your head, it's very important to ball players. Um, last one for you before we let you go, James. This is a question that we ask everyone on the show. This is how we end all our shows. Being that. Unfortunately, you weren't able to make a home debut, so you weren't able to enjoy the pleasures of Los Angeles. So we are about taco culture on this show. So we want to know, what is your favorite taco? And once you come to LA again and make your actual home debut, we're going to take you out for tacos after we hear your choice. All right. I want you guys to find me the best fish taco. Absolutely. It's done. So. Where have you, I mean, being, you're up, up north, are there, I mean, I know Fruitvale in the Oakland area is a great place for tacos, but up north, can you get good fish tacos? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a place right by my house. It's, uh, it's you know, sometimes it's the best one I've ever had, and sometimes it's pretty <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, there's, there's some good, there's some good little joints around there, uh. It's it's usually the smaller places are the better ones, but uh, there's there's you know I, I think that there's good Mexican food out there for sure. All right, there you go, Alonzo. Well, we'll take you up on that next time you come up because there will be a next time we uh, we will get you some fish tacos that uh, that rip. In the interim, go follow James on Instagram, James Outman, his name, super easy to find him. Uh, show hair, everything content wise is all there. Uh, James, thank you for stopping by. We appreciate it. And, uh, and good luck the rest of the way, and let's do it again soon. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, James. Thank you. Yes, I, uh, James, James had a game later later today. That's why he kind of showed up early. Is that what it is? Because I, no. I didn't get that email. I didn't get that text message either. So, yeah, yeah big shout-out to James Outman for stopping by for a few minutes after his, uh, as you heard, his historic uh, Dodgers debut. Uh, as I've said before, Juanito, and I'll say it again, the Dodgers are in good hands in the future because these guys know how to talk. Not only do they know how to talk, they know how to just kind of handle their business as is. But what was your takeaway with James Outman? You know, I the interesting thing is what was very uh, surprising to me was I don't know if he has a position with the Dodgers. Like, where would you put him? I, I mean, Cody Bellinger's one more year, Right. Mookie's going to be here a very long time. Right. And Chris Taylor plays all over the place. 
You got Gavin Luck sometimes playing left field. You got these guys like Michael Bush and Miguel Vargas who are all splitting time in the outfield. I I I was very impressed with what I saw from him. I just don't know where do you put him. I mean, is he going to have a place or is he going to be trade bait? Yeah, no. I mean, that's a great point. I think. I mean, with his bat, obviously they do the Miguel Vargas thing, and you just find a way to get his bat in the lineup, right? Right. Um, you know, but it's not like he, and that's not even a knock on his defense. You know, his defensive mm-hmm. metrics are pretty good too. But he said so himself. CT three is a really good player. Has to play every day. You know, the other guy you talked about, Cody Bellinger, has to play just about every day and obviously getting hot at the right time. Uh, Mookie Betts isn't going anywhere, so we're not even going to go there for a while. So, yeah, I mean, that that's interesting. Roger, what was your takeaway about James's uh, remarks? Yeah, I mean, I, I wish we would have got to see him at, at home for a bit, but, you know, he got sent down that right when he was supposed to come to L.A. But, yeah, I mean, I think you guys are saying, like, he doesn't really have a place to play. I think that's probably more this season. I think next year he might get a shot. He might be that left-handed bat off the bench uh, or something like that, you know, get some, you know, rotation in the outfield. So, you know, I think he continues to do what he's doing. You know, I think the Dodgers are going to take a good look at him. Yeah, yeah no, 100%. I mean, if there's one thing the Dodgers are also good at, they're also good at log jamming positions, which isn't necessarily a terrible problem to have because if you remember the the outfield conundrum with Jock Peterson, Cody Bellinger, the, the list goes Verdugo. The list goes on, right? So, all in all, though, the, the future's bright. I, I'm excited to see him come back up. Uh, hopefully, here real soon, and uh, and keep doing the damn thing. Uh, also, Juan, there, uh, there. Aside from the Outman stuff, a name that we mentioned in there that we could talk about for a quick second. Uh, Joey Gallo, another guy that's also part of the outfield, hit a bomb yesterday, and or was it yesterday? Yeah, I, I've yeah. lost track of my days. So I apologize. Yes, it was yesterday. <laughs> uh, I was kind of curious though because we didn't really talk about Joey Gallo, so I want to give him a little bit of respect too. Like when we did our trade deadline stuff, uh, I feel like he's doing kind of what everyone expected him to do—to show up with a beard and just hit some dingers. And I feel like that's kind of like—I mean, am I wrong in making that uh, that, that assumption? No, I, but you know, on, I mean, we talked about this when we talked about the trade deadline where I, I didn't think that was a necessary move. I thought, you know, Jake Lamb could do the same thing. I think the only difference was that Gallo is much better defensively. But I will tell you this uh, I was just so happy. And we talked about the story about how he wouldn't leave New York because he was afraid of what fans would say to him. We yeah. talked about what Michael K, you know, Michael K going in on him on the broadcast. So, you know, and Alicia would tell us off the air too. Hey guys, you know, send Gallo good juju, you know, and his way because you could just see it. I guess the way he was carrying himself that he was down. So when he went ahead and hit that home run, I, I was so happy for the guy. I was just rooting, and you saw when he fist pumped yeah. around first base that it was just such a sense of relief for him that something good has happened. He's hitting 267 since he came to the Dodgers. And I think more importantly, we might have the curse of Joey Gallo because since the trade has happened, I believe the Yankees have not won a game and the Dodgers are undefeated. So I am rooting for the guy. That being said, Alonzo, I, I don't think you have to set high expectations for him. If right. this guy does what you said, like, if you hit 267 for the rest of the season, I think everyone would be so happy with that, considering that now batting average is just 
not even an option anymore when you guys have like Cody Bellinger hitting 212 and people are ecstatic now that Max Muncy's up to 170 everybody's like oh Muncy's red hot look I'll take Joey Gallo because that's found money in my yeah. case whatever productivity you get from Gallo and let's not forget that game against the Hemelos the Dodgers were down Pepio didn't look very impressive that day and when you can win those, when your offense can win you games and your pitchers don't have to be that good, that's going to be huge down the stretch. Oh, 100%. I mean, it's, I said it, I'll say it again. It's a high-risk, high-reward deal, right? And if, and so far it's panning out, and hopefully it does. Meanwhile, Yankee fans are like, like they have no idea what the hell happened. No, I was it, telling Babyface this, my compadre. Right after Gallo hit the home run, I looked at Wendy and I said, I bet you my compadre is going to text me. Of course, Joey Gallo hits home runs when he's on the Dodgers because my compadre is a Yankees fan, right? right? And sure enough, I got the text message word for word. Of course, Joey Gallo hits home runs when he's on the Dodgers. Tom did, did you guys Did you guys see what was going on on Twitter when he hit the home run? No. You no, see a, a lot of tweets of Miguel. It was like a rooster. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. I, so, I, I, well done. Well done, Internet. So we'll, we'll be seeing the Me Gallo shirts very shortly then yeah. is what you're saying. The Internet remains undefeated. But let's just, let's just be real and call a spade a spade. Roger, since you're the, uh, the, the ever optimist, I was just kind of curious to hear what you thought of Joey Gallo kind of going out there and, and doing that, and I assume you expected that. Yeah, I well, – <laughs> Well, I mean, I kind of expected it. Like I was, I was, I was at the game yesterday, and I, I wish I would have tweeted it or something because I, I just kind of fell in my head. I'm like, he's gonna hit a home run, and like two pitches later, he hits a home run. So I was like, okay, that's that's cool, right? And like, I think, like, I think I mentioned this last time. I think he's gonna do a lot better here. I mean, I don't expect him to hit, you know, 300, you know, knock in 50 runs while he's here. I mean, I think he's gonna he's gonna probably hit about 260, you know, and he gets a couple of dingers, you know, in there. He's gonna help this team out a lot, so and I think that's gonna relax. You know, it's it's relaxing him to be, I think, in this atmosphere with it, with these guys. So I think it's gonna kind of let him play his game, and we're gonna see who Joey Gallo has been. I'm. You uh, know what? I, I think Alonzo, you can speak to this, right? I don't think they need him necessarily to produce numbers wise, but if he gets big hits at the like he did last night at that, it's when he gets those hits. I think they'll take that, right? Oh, 100%. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not – I mean, I don't – like Roger said, I don't think anyone's expecting him to go, you know, 300 and knock in 50 rounds. But if he goes 260, knocks in 15, 20, that's a win. I mean, because you already have a really potent offense because, I mean, look what they did last night even coming back against those Jimenos. Yeah. So, at the end of the day, I mean, if – I mean, let's be honest, too. Anything from what was happening in New York to what's happening here now is an improvement. And your compadre is about to be super ass hurt because if they've already like I mean James even said so himself. That's why I'm tying it into that, right? They they have they have all the data, right? And they they'll find something, even though you think that you might have perfect mechanics or whatever the case may be, this Dodgers organization will find something that needs to be tweaked. And so far it's working. So hey, good for you, me me Gallo. Uh, I I, uh, I hope you uh, I hope you continue on. And you know uh, you, you know what's going to happen too, right? If the Dodgers get to the World Series and they face the Yankees, he's going to have a couple bombs in that series. Hey, Probably. were you ta were you <laughs> like you're tapping my phone because? Well, no, actually, I saw that on Twitter, but from a lot of Yankee fans, the minute that trade happened. I mean, you want to talk? I mean, Alonso uses this word all the time. You know, they're what are they? Catastrophe. I, I have a hard time. Oh, catastrophizers. There you go. 
it, they immediately, once the trade happened, everybody was predicting, you know he's going to hit a home run against the Yankees to beat the Yankees in the World Series. So, I, I mean, everyone, I mean, you think Dodger fan is bad? You know, Yankee fan is just as bad. All baseball fans are horrible, yeah. you know? So it's just, we got to put things into perspective. He, he, he has a purpose now. He has a purpose for, for what he's doing. And speaking of purpose... Um, Oh, oh, do you see what he did there? Yeah, he did. He did. He did. We were at ping, we were at ping, ping pong for purpose. That's right. Yeah. We, uh, Babyface and I were on the blue carpet. They probably picked the wrong people to cover the blue par- carpet. I don't, e- I don't even know how they let us in there. I mean, we were sandwiched in between like people and E, and then they're like, what are you guys doing here? But, but we I am were- surprised they didn't escort you out at any point. No, no, no. I think they were looking for us when they wanted us to start cleaning up, right, Babyface? That's when we said we had to go. But anyways, we were uh, covering the blue carpet, so we talked to a lot of Dodger players uh, that night. So we actually had the interviews. We want to go ahead and share them uh, with you guys. I think first, you know who we talked to first, which was, I think, hilarious, was Guillermo from the Jimmy Kimmel Show. So I think you have that tape. Uh, right, Babyface? Let's yeah. let's uh, look at our uh, interview with Guillermo. Rack it up. Todo muy bien. Mucho gusto en conocerlo. Okay. Entonces, because we all know that the Mexicans dominate ping pong. Right? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, come on. That's a, such a generic, uh, very basic question. What does it mean to you to get First of all, it's awesome to be back at Dodger Stadium. Uh, it's awesome that they gave me a bunch of cool stuff to put on. I get to come out here and hang out and just be having, it's a, it's a, having fun with a great cause behind it. Okay. I think he'll be back. Uh, yeah. I, so I assume you're still waiting for him. We, we, we are. Guillermo had to, you know, he had the Jimmy Kimmel crew with him. They were following him. So he had to. He had to talk with his producer there. So insert we'll the uh, we'll Ron Burgundy, we'll, I don't believe you meme. Uh, we'll, ch- because, we'll check in after, after some of the other clips. By the yeah. way, uh, shout out to the homie uh, Fluffy, whose interview you did get, uh, even though you weren't talking to him. We, we did. We did get to talk to friend of the Carnesa, the Fluffy. As I mentioned, we talked to a whole bunch of Dodgers. So we have these interviews. We want to share them. And we'll come back to Guillermo because Guillermo, he, he just told us to wait. So we waited for him, but we're going to show you the rest of the interviews. Yeah, we got a Laker, too. That's right. Oh, former Laker. Those podcasts. Hey, so uh, you said you were a Dodger fan. What was the moment that you became a Dodger fan? Because you're not a native Angelino. Oh, wife. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? Just think about this. When you play in this town for seven years, you get to meet a lot of different guys. You get to know those. And you become friends, and then you become fans. And, you know, for me, that's how it all happened, you know, getting it, and Growing up a big baseball fan, I thought one day I would be in this position to be on this field, on the diamond hanging out. But, you know, God made me tall, so here I am playing basketball. But I, I'm just a huge baseball fan overall. And I tell, I tell my boys, which none of them play baseball, there's more money in baseball. <laughs> so you're not going to be playing tonight, right? You're a spectator? No, I'm going to be playing. I got a partner. I'm, I, either it's going to be um, Reeves or my son. So I'm, I, I'm going out. I, I can't come here and not compete, man. I'm a, you know, I, I'm a competitor. Yeah. So who are you looking to take out then? Anybody in my way. <laughs> That's how you're supposed to do it, right? All right, so we are the only Latino uh, podcast that focuses on the Dodgers in L.A. Uh, no, so congratulations. We, we need to know, are you a flour or a corn tortilla man? I'm a both, depending on what the protein is. This is a good man. 
you, you know. Yes, you know, it, it depends on the protein. Don't get me wrong now. You, if I give me a, you know, because you get the burrito, you got to have the flour. You get the, you know, the, you know, the taco, you have to have the corn. So it go. it depends on the protein because sometimes the protein don't taste right with the corn, so you have to flip it over the flour. So, you know. My wife's Mexican. Come on, man. There you go. <laughs> Robert Ori is an honorary Mexican. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Looks you look pretty tan. Did you go golfing today? I did go golfing. I try to golf three or four times a week. Uh, I played in Jaime Harin's charity event this morning, which was awesome. We had a great time uh, this morning. And, yes, I try to get out of the golf course probably three times a week if I can. All right. You brought him up. It's his last year. We've been arbiting. And you're a fellow Mexican. See. Right? So here's the thing. I feel like he's not getting his flowers. I mean, the guy is just as important. May he rest in speech to Vince Scully. Yes. Jaime Harrin. Well, what can we do to get more attention to the fact that Jaime Harrin is going to be gone? Well, we need to start getting to work on social media, first and foremost. The fans definitely appreciate Jaime Harrin. I know the players do, the organization does. Jaime knows how important he has been to the city of L.A. and this entire region. You know, he was just as important. And Vince Scully has said this to the Spanish-speaking people of here, of L.A. So he brought uh, that culture uh, to the game of baseball here in L.A. So, yes, I believe he will be getting his flowers, especially towards the end of the season. I know Jaime is, is very humble, just like Vin Scully was. Vin didn't like the attention. You know, we kind of laughed the last couple days. Vin would probably be upset, all the attention he's been getting. But rightfully so. You know, Vince Scully, obviously what he's meant to the sports world, not just to, to uh, baseball, but what it meant to the sports world, uh, it was so important to, to, to make sure we acknowledge Vince Scully. Now to Jaime Harim, we have to continue doing that because uh, it is his last year, and he is very important to the Dodger, Dodger brand, the city of L.A., and it's up to us fans to make sure Jaime feels that love. Last one before we let you go. Are you playing tonight? I am playing tonight. I believe I'm with uh, Will Adams, uh, I guess two bachelors uh, going at it with, we're teammates going against, I think it's Cody Bellinger and Guillermo from uh, Jimmy Kimmel. So no, 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 I'm scared to death. I saw Guillermo with the headband. He's got a tank top. He looks like he's ready to go. So I'm a little intimidated. We're going to give you some advice. He's got tequila in his, in his paddle. <laughs> so by the time you guys get to game time, you guys got it made. So. Well, I'm going to steal some of that tequila. <laughs> this is Jaime Harin's last season. He's just as important as Vin Scully, in our opinion, to the Latino community. Before you came to the Dodgers, how aware were you of Jaime Harrin? Uh, I'd heard of him. Obviously, I didn't listen to the broadcast. I mean, I, I know uh, I can understand a little bit of Spanish when I, when I hear it, but I'm not, you know, not great at communicating it. But, I mean, I'd heard about him and knew. So I know uh, Jose Mota from when he was with the Angels and know how much, like, how important he was to him and some of the other Latin players that, um, you know, had listened to the broadcast. So... You know, I, I understand, um, but probably need to do a better job of kind of really understanding the depths of, of how much he means to the community, obviously, with the fan base here and everything. Were you surprised by the number of Latinos that are in the stadium, especially when they made the mariachis a regular now? Yeah, I love, I love the Tuesdays. Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, coming here as a visiting player, as a fan, you know, you, 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 know, you understand it. Um, I, I've just enjoyed it so much. Like, I've enjoyed the fan base, like the support that I've gotten, you know, through a kind of up and down season for me personally so I mean it's 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 been great man I, I love it here I love that he said up and down your ERA is under one bro you're killing I it mean, man. Like, I, you know I pitch it. for two games then go on the aisle pitch a game go on the aisle so like you know that can be frustrating I understand for myself and for fans and rightfully so but um, you know hopefully we got the my own thing righted and kind of be a good finish this season all right last one so we'll let you go are you a corn or a flour tortilla man Ooh. um 
probably grown up I was more flour tortilla, but now like probably probably more corn tortilla. He realizes that flour is the, the oppressor's error of, the tortilla. Error, the error of my ways. I understand. <laughs> yes, I understand. Thank you very much. So obviously the, the the foot is feeling good because that catch that you made over the weekend. I mean, did you just completely forget about your body and just went all out? Or? No, my foot's 100%. Um, you know, it's felt pretty good for a couple of weeks now. And then, you know, the trainers did a great job of making sure I was full go before I got back out on the field. Are you playing tonight? Uh, no, I'm not. No? I'm not. I'm just hanging out. Really? So yeah. are you going to just heckle people? Are there certain people? Yeah, I don't know. I'm just going to kind of hang out, have a good time. Um, if they need somebody to play, I'll play, but probably just watching. All right. And because we are the, the Latino podcast, we just wanted to ask you about Jaime Harrin. This is his last season. Mm-hmm. I don't know how aware you were of Jaime Harrin before you came to the Dodgers. For us, he's just as important as Vin May. Rest in peace. We just lost yeah. him. Any interaction you've had with Jaime Harrin? Yeah. Yeah. No, Jaime, um, awesome dude. Uh, yeah, Jaime's one of my favorites. I've gotten to know, know him pretty well. Just a, such a sweet um, man, and, uh, you know, he's always so genuine. Um, you know, when I, I often talk to him, like, during batting practice or even in spring training sometimes, and uh, he's just, like, one of the sweetest guys. And, uh, you know, he's obviously been a staple here with the Dodgers, especially in the Latino community. And, uh, you know, he's he's definitely one of the, the goats, just like Vin's the goat, you know. Um, so uh, he will definitely be missed. Last one before we let you go. Is that common for players to interact with broadcasters like that? Um, I don't know. You know, I think with the Dodgers, a lot of the times, um, you know, we're kind of all one big family. And uh, a lot of them um, come on the road with us or uh, even come down on the field during batting practice. So, um, you know, I, I'm not sure how common it is among other teams, but with us, I feel like we interact quite a bit with, um, you know, everybody that's involved with the Dodgers. Well, we're in L.A. We need to know, are you a flour or a corn tortilla man? Uh, I'm flour. Right. Flour tortilla. He's a fan of the oppressor's tortilla. You heard that, guys. Gabriel, I don't know if you remember us. We're the bleed loaves. Yes. We talk wrestling with where's, you. Where's, where's Dalvaya? Where's she at? She's on our way. She's on our way. Oh, she's, she's late. Of course you're late. She's hanging out with somebody. She's on a boat somewhere. I follow her. <laughs> so, so we got a great reaction from the tour that you gave us, right? Everybody loved. Nobody knew that you were a closeted wrestling fan. Oh, I wasn't sure what you were going to say. <laughs> really? Right now? <laughs> so we want to know, have you created the character of the oppressor's tortilla yet? No, I haven't, but, uh, you know, I mean, there, there should be someone for that, right. the, uh, the oppressor's tortilla, because, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still, yeah, I know, I'm, I'm a more uh, Americanized, so, of course, I'm more uh, leaning towards the flour tortilla, whereas, you know, more traditional is the corn, uh, but they're both delicious, and, and why should there be fighting? Why can't we just, you know, I, I've heard of a hybrid one, one that has a, a combination of the two in there. So is this your first time coming back to the scene of the crime? Your big, two, you sold out two shows here at Dodger Stadium. This is the uh, first time back since the uh, since that big show. So this is pretty exciting because I, I can actually just chill and breathe. Whereas that, you know, for those shows, it was stressful. There's a lot going on. I couldn't really take it all in. But right now, man, I'm going to go get something to eat because I couldn't eat that night. <laughs> so any flashbacks, anything coming back to you yet? Or has that still sunk in that you sold? Walking over here, I was going, oh, and that's where the trailers were? And over there, that's where we had catering, where I didn't, I didn't go to eat, get to go eat. Over there's where the VIP thing was. And right behind me is, right, you know, the, the field is right there. So it's, uh, you know, I recognize everything. 
Great to see you again. Thanks, Gabriel. I know you're a, a longtime Dodger fan. This is Jaime Jardín's last season. This is for both of you. We want to make sure he gets his flowers. Bef- I mean, how? when did you become aware of Jaime Jardín? Um, honestly, when I became a Dodger and learning the history of him and, you know, seeing the parallels between him and Vin uh, was actually kind of mind-blowing to me. Obviously, um, I'm not a fluent Spanish speaker. Uh, I try my best to uh, speak Spanish as much as I can with my Spanish-speaking teammates. Um, she's constantly on the Duolingo app trying to best. learn Spanish <laughs> as well. But, um, you know, when I tuned into games, I, I always heard Vin's voice. And so um, getting over to the Dodgers and learning that there was the Latino version of Vin um, I thought was just absolutely tremendous. And why not, right? The Dodgers have uh, so many icons um, in the sport. And um, you talk about, you know, Tommy Lasorda managing. You talk about Vin Scully in the booth. And, of course, we have the greatest Latino commentator as well in Jaime Marin. Were you aware of him? Not before he came here, but no. We've grown very close with this family, and they're just incredible. We saw him this morning, and, yeah, it's just... Yeah, you grow up here, and you obviously listen to Vin, and he was part of your memories, and I think he could get lost on a lot of people, which I think is, you know, a disservice because he's just incredible inside and out of the booth. So, yeah, we just love him. So you're here a lot. You're here all the time. Are you guys sick of the mariachis yet? Absolutely no, I think not. It, I think it's awesome. I think it's <laughs> awesome. I think every Tuesday night you look forward to seeing him out in Rice Center Field singing live, and, uh, you know, we actually have – a kid that we work with at, at Children's Hospital of Los Angeles, and we're, we're trying to set up a little surprise uh, on a Tuesday in September for him to go out and stand with the mariachis out there. And he dresses head-to-toe in mariachi clothes every single day. So um, we love that they do it, and it also reminds us that it's Taco Tuesday because uh, we have tacos every Tuesday in the clubhouse, and one of, that's one of my favorite days. All right, now you've let, you've let me into the next question. Corn or flour tortillas? Corn. Yeah, I go, yeah. I go flour. Oh! Uh-oh. Uh-oh, I know. It's, it's the oppressor's tortilla, Justin, but it's okay. I know, I know, I know. Corn. Best of luck for the rest of the Thank season. You. Thank I you very much. This is Jaime Jarrín's last season. Yep. We want to make sure he gets his flowers yep. because we think he's just as important as Vin. He is. How aware were you of Jaime Jarrín before you came to the Dodgers? Um, not so much. Obviously, Vin is Vin is one of those people that, that casts a shadow, right? And uh, until you get out to Los Angeles and, and understand what what Jaime means to to everyone here, I think it's hard to really understand. But obviously, getting to know him has has been a really cool cool deal and, and an incredible honor for me uh, max and justin told us he loves the mariachis is that co- the consensus in the clubhouse um i don't i couldn't say i'm the biggest mariachi fan what i can say is i've only dealt with mariachis at small mexican places in lexington kentucky so i, I probably don't have the the broadest uh, appreciation for it but um I, I know the joe kelly mariachi thing was pretty fun for all of us so um, that's about the, the extent of my mariachi experience. All right, last one for you. Are you a corn or flour tortilla man? Flour, it's not close. See you guys later. <laughs> Before you came to the Dodgers, did you know about Jaime Jarrín? This is his last season. We want to make sure he gets his flowers this year. Absolutely, I agree. No, I didn't. I didn't know about Jaime before I got here, but he's obviously been here for 
60 plus years as well, just like Ben was. And um, we're excited that he's getting his retirement ceremony and everything like that. And he's just, uh, I know for the Spanish speaking people out there, he's been such a huge part of their Dodger, you know, story. So it's been, uh, it's been pretty, pretty incredible. How about you? Yeah, no. No, I didn't know who he was, but, you know, you quickly get well-versed in the Dodgers history and the living legends that are around this organization. So um, very cool to hear his voice, um, him and Vince Scully. I mean, how amazing is that? Thank you very much. And uh, I think to, to wrap things up, uh, we have the Guillermo. We finally got a hold of Guillermo after we were interviewing all those let's people. Try, let's right? try again. Todo muy bien. Mucho gusto conocerlo. Okay. Entonces... Because we all know Where? that the Mexicans dominate ping pong. Right? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Good. Oh, come on, that's a, such a generic, uh, very just basic question. First of all, it's awesome to be back at Dodger. I Dang. think he'll be back. I think he'll come back later. I talked to his publicist, and the publicist said she was going to go get him. So before the show ends, we will have Guillermo. How much tequila is he down? I'm just kind of curious. It looked like he had already downed all that paddle. So uh, I, I know Cody Bellinger, they interviewed him on Spectrum Sportsnet, and uh, I don't think Cody Bellinger was too impressed with the performance. But, hey, you know, whatever. It is what it is. Uh, shout out to uh, Clayton Kershaw for for being dedicated with the outfit, the fanny pack, uh, even I mean deep V on the shirt too. So uh, so so good for uh, for Clayton. Uh, that's good. I'm 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 envious that I didn't get to go because I just would have watched Guillermo the entire time. If I'm being honest with you, <laughs> a lot of people were watching Guillermo the entire time. Yes. So I, yeah, it, I mean it's and for those of you who aren't familiar with what what ping pong for purpose is. <laughs> Uh, they raise money uh, to basically help underprivileged children. That's what Kershaw's challenge is all about. And it's not just children here in Los Angeles or, you know, the Kershaw's are from Texas, but they also work uh, with, I forget what city, in the Dominican Republic. So it is an international organization. So thank you to the Kershaw's Challenge uh, people for having us uh, on the blue carpet. Uh, but now, you know, we've gone this far into the episode and we haven't talked about the Dodgers perfect homestand. Correct. And so I will start off with the obvious. Can I, I tell you why I didn't want to start with that? Go ahead. Because I'm not a jinx. Go ahead. <laughs> and, and by the way, for those of you wondering where Alicia is, she is on assignment. Uh, so on a don't boat, worry. As Fluffy said. And, uh, Fluffy says she's on a boat. So she will be back. But uh, this is why you're not hearing her. Uh, anyways. Uh, the Prince of Darkness, as it's starting to catch on now, as I'm being referred to. Yeah, I did not expect uh, the show pods to get swept. Uh, I was at the game on Sunday, and even there at that point, I was still saying to myself, I cannot believe that they got swept. I thought they had addressed their offensive problems, and I think what is becoming very clear to me is that I don't give the Dodgers pitching staff enough credit. Accurate. I know they are not the sexiest names, but Tyler Anderson and Gonsolin, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know what to tell you, man. Those, did, did that sweep hurt, Juan? Did it hurt? Like, did it really hurt? No, like, I, I, it was a win-win situation for me because yeah. if I would have gotten the picks right, which, by the way, no one got right this week. So let so, me just point that out there. So No so one got I it say, right. Hold on. before Let me just pop these real quick. Uh, so before... So I had them losing yesterday, right? 
and it almost yeah. came to fruition because yes. of the, the, the Kershaw thing. Uh, but I did have them sweeping the San Diego Padres, so uh, uh, suck on that, sir. Yes, you, yes, you did. Uh, that to me was the most impressive thing uh, about that uh, is just the fact that I think what what did the, what was the final number? They outscored them twenty to four. Twenty to four is the is the number uh, in in that series and. Look, you saw what the show pods did to the Giants afterwards, and yeah. I get it. The Giants are not the same team as they were last year, but to have Gonsolin, to have Anderson, to have Heaney, who, you know, you're, you're sitting there going, that's not, it's not Urias, it's not Kershaw, it's not Bueller shutting down the show pods. It's Gonsolin, Anderson, and Heaney who did that to the show pods. So I, I don't know. I keep. The fact that they lose series to the Nationals, they lose to the Pirates, I, I think I focus too much on that and not enough on the fact that when do when good – I mean, they have winning records against the Braves. Right. You know, so it's like we'll see when they go to New York to face the Mets uh, what they look like there. But for me, this homestand, that, the, the Joey Gallo thing stood out, but the sweep of the show pods has to be the biggest surprise. I will say this. Uh, I, I said it last week, and I'll say it again. Uh, Tyler Anderson doesn't get the props that he deserves. And when he came back after that first start after the All-Star game, and he was just kind of in go mode, that's that's when, okay, we got our we got our three, right? So, so uh, take the respect or give Tyler Anderson the respect that his name deserves is, is where I'm at now. Uh, but also, uh, the, for me, the most impressive win of this entire homestand was that Twins win yesterday because they came from behind when they had just been cruising, right? They have just been cruising. And then they ran into a little bit of adversity and it panned out okay. And like you said, even Pepio didn't have that great of a start yesterday. But uh, but all things considered, they were able to kind of right the ship and get it going. And that's what made it so my prediction was off by one game. I am offended. I am truly offended by that. <laughs> uh, but I will say this too, uh, just to tie it back into the ping pong for purpose thing. Uh, shout out to Andrew Heaney for being open about kind of the optics of everything, right? Like he kind of yeah. knows his situation. A lot of guys don't want to openly admit that sort of stuff. So good for him for, for w- being willing and able to uh, to admit that having that up and down here. Because, when, I mean, like Juan said, you know, his ERA is under one when he's on, right? And when he's on, he's on. So uh, so all things considered, uh, I, I, I think we're in good shape. Roger, what was your takeaway from everything? Hey Roger, before you go, real quick, I just want for those listening on the on the podcast. Oh, the points. Uh, no, uh, not the points, but the people who we spoke to on the ping pong for purpose, because I know you didn't have a visual on it. Oh yeah. Uh, we spoke with Robert Ory, Jerry Hairston, Andrew Heaney, uh, Chris Taylor, Gabriel Iglesias, Justin and Courtney Turner, uh, Walker Bueller, and then Clayton Kershaw. Clayton and Ellen Kershaw. So uh, go ahead, babyface. Yeah, I mean, like Alonso was saying, I mean, yesterday Dodgers got down early, and then it's just like this team gets down, and it's like, okay, no problem. Like, and they just come back, and they just come back, and they just keep fighting. And we've seen been seeing this now for like a month and a half, right? And so when they got a couple of those games, they they came back, you know, like what was it, six, seven runs, and like there's no there's no quit in this team. Um, I mean, uh, the Padres series. Uh, yeah, the sweep was kind of surprising. I thought at least the Padres would show up for at least one game. You know, like I said, I knew they were going to win that series, two out of three at least. Um, but just surprising that the Padres didn't show up at all. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of talk 
that you know the Dodgers are in their head now, and but not according to Manny Machado because he's Manny F. Machado, right? <laughs> so uh, he I also mean, owes someone three hundred million dollars, but I mean that's not my problem. Yeah, I mean you know we'll see when Tatis comes back, but what's Tatis gonna do if the Padres play like that? What's Tatis gonna do for the team? Wait, let me let me ask you this. Let me push back on something. Do you really think they didn't show up? You don't think it's more that the Dodgers took it to them? Well, yeah, Dodgers took it to them. Like I said, there, there was nothing the Padres could do. It's like, you know, like. Well, but I, I, when you say they didn't show up, I take it as they quit. And well, I don't think they quit. I just think the Dodgers were that yeah, good. I mean, yeah, there was nothing they can do to. They, there was no answer for what the Dodgers were doing to them. That's like I'm saying. So when you add Tatis, and if the Dodgers are doing that to them. Again, what's Tatis going to do? One guy. Nothing, right? I mean, we also have to remember, too, though, the Padres are dealing with a bunch of injuries. Not That's not an excuse, but, I mean, the end-all, be-all is, so, I mean, they're playing for a wild card. The Dodgers are playing for the division. And... I mean, yeah, I mean, the Padres are now they're in the third wild card spot. I think they're like a game ahead of, Something the, like that. of the Brewers. So they're fighting. There's a chance they could beat, they, you know, they have a bad run. They're out of the playoffs. Have yeah, in, in, in three work. weeks, I don't think they're going to be in the third spot, dude. Have you seen their schedule? They have the Nationals twice. <laughs> they're playing a lot of teams under 500 in this next stretch. So I would not, and that these will probably come next week from what Bob Melvin was saying. So the fact that they're going to be playing poor teams, they're probably going to get on a little bit of a run. They might have an, a different mentality when they face the Dodgers next time. So the next series with that these is going to be very, very interesting because if the Dodgers end up winning two out of three or sweeping them again, then I, I, I think, you know, Dave Roberts talked about this. When it starts getting in your head, that's not a good thing. Right. So if the Dodgers do something to the show pods again, and if they do it at Petco, then you might see the show pods start to panic. Well, it also doesn't help that the Dodgers are, in fact, leaps and bounds the best team in baseball. Like that, let's let's just call a spade a spade, right? Yeah. But uh, but the Padres are currently in third. So you're right. Uh, in the wild card standings, they're in third, uh, behind the uh, the Braves, who currently are the the number one wild card, and the Phillies, the fighting Phillies of, of Juan Ramirez, uh, are the second wild card team. Um, so I mean they, but I mean there's still a lot of season left too. Let's yeah. let's just be honest there too, because they, as as Juanito said. The, the Padres have a pretty favorable schedule the rest of the way. Um, so so that'll be interesting to see. But, I mean, I'm, I'll am i be honest with you, wild, it's wild card or bust for the Padres at this point because there's no chance they're going to – unless the Dodgers – I mean, even if the Dodgers were to play 500 ball, there's no one that's getting near them. It, it's not even close. Yeah, so, mathematically, uh, it's really hard for they, the show pods to, to win the division. They got yeah. nine games left. I mean, even if they swept the Dodgers, not those nine games. Yeah, there's no yeah, chance. Yeah. Yeah, there's absolutely no chance. But, I mean, again, it also just shows you that the Dodgers are just that damn good. Like, there's just no way to take it away. There's just that. I mean, that lineup now, they've kind of all found kind of – I mean, Max Muncy's heating up at the right time. Cody Ellinger's heating up at the right time. You know, these Gavin Lux has been doing Gavin Lux things all season. So, Miguel. Yeah, I mean, and then let's not forget Will Smith, who is underratedly one of the best hitters in all baseball, just kind of just hitting in that little – you know, that weird little bottom of the lineup spot. And people just don't put the respect on his name either. So I mean, Dodgers are in good hands. James Outman, my, you know, the, the young guys all around. I'm not complaining about it. But I will. The only thing I will complain is they they messed up my my predictions. That's the only thing I'm upset about. Yeah. So nobody won. Not even our listeners. Nobody had the Dodgers going five and zero. 
What was uh, what was your prediction again, Juan? I had them going two and two for three. That's and right. When we did uh, losing three, winning two. When we did our tribute show, I acknowledged I was horribly wrong, and I don't know anything about baseball. And uh, again, I was just not giving the the team its due. I can't tell you if it's they're just on a run right now, or if it's just that th- they are this good. And I I just hope they don't peak too early. Don't be that guy. You know, that's all I'm saying. Well, like, look, I have to be the Prince of Darkness on the show, apparently. (laughs) But look, I'm just saying this. I haven't committed to the Migayo yet because as many people pointed out in Twitter, it's one home run. Right. If he ends up striking out. How many does Juan Soto have? He has one home run. Or even. Okay, so, I didn't realize that's what the comparison was. It was so exactly. I wasn't the, the going big, there. The big but... trade line moves, right? Big, big trade line moves. Got it. So, uh, so uh, Chris Martin and and uh, Migayo is the Dodgers won the trade deadline, is what you're saying, Babyface? Yeah, took that. Babyface's uh, Babyface's new jersey that he just ordered is a Migayo jersey. That uh, is true. From the top of the park. Shout out to Dodgers at top of the park. So uh, let me update the standings before please. we go into our picks for next week. By the way, uh, we're doing only five picks. No, uh, they have or six seven picks, games. Seven it's games. a seven-game stretch. They got three against uh, the Royals of Kansas City, and then four against <laughs> the Cerveceros of Milwaukee. And those games, they're all on the road. See. So take that into consideration when you make your picks. Uh, to update the standings, I am still in first place with seven points, even though I don't know anything about baseball, and I, I always pick against the Dodgers. I think we, Somehow, I, I'm in first place. We need to put a new rule in that we got to take away a point from Juan every time he makes ridiculous picks. Don't, don't be a hater, man. Right. Don't be a hater. But also, you make eight no predictions, bro, so I mean, it's, it's not It's more really... accurate, though. It's closer. Wow. So, and then in second is Alicia and Alonzo with six. And then Roger has four points, and our listeners have two points. Uh, so let's go ahead. Alonso, uh, where are you I going? Do, I do have Alicia's pick. I'm gonna give oh, you, you do? Two. Okay, let's yeah, go do with Alicia's first. So she went with five and two because they're traveling, fatigue, and crappy weather. <laughs> I mean, well, the only crap, well, maybe the only crappy weather will be in Kansas City, maybe. Uh, I'm going to go. So I'm going to go with the sweep of the Royals, and they will lose one to the to the set of sales. Ah, good. So you have them going six and one. Uh, six six and, and, one. and one. Yes, six and one. Very good. All right. Uh, I have them going. I agree with Alicia. I, I'm going to finally come around to the fact that I am very impressed by this team. I'm going to go five and two. Oh, oh God. That's not good. That ain't good. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. And Roger, seven and tough. zero. I'm sorry, eight and this, this one's tough because they've won ten in a row. So now to go in and sweep another series, that'd be thirteen and zero. And 13. usually when they play bad teams, they don't yeah. seem to do very good. So the, I will agree with Alicia. The thing that's a little suspect about this road trip is uh, the humidity of the Midwest. But the Royals aren't very good, so that's that's where the that's where I'm hedging my bets. Just go, just go nine and zero, bro. Because we know you're. I, I, I'm thinking five two, but I'll, I'll go six and one also. Sorry, Alonzo. and I'm sorry, Alonzo. Uh, we want to thank you for participating in this week's contest, Alonzo. So, uh... 
<laughs> I'm just gonna throw my uh, my. I mean, I'm just gonna throw money away. So what the hell? What's the point? Exactly. Uh, there you have it. Also, if you guys are listening, even though uh, uh, we haven't asked you to do it, do it. Chime in, tweet at us your uh, your predictions for the week. Tweet at us, yell at us, yell at Juan, all that good stuff, and uh, and send over those bets. Well, that's another that's another one in the books. Uh, interesting week uh, all around. And by what I mean by that is, apparently none of you thought that the Dodgers were going to sweep the Padres. So what the hell is that? Yeah. Especially yeah, I... considering that you know Roger goes nine and zero all the time. So I'm I'm shocked that he's shocked. The one time, the one time that they have a perfect homestand, you don't predict it. Well, I'm telling you, you you're. You're rubbing off on me the wrong way. Uh, you, I get I it. I thought none of that was this real. This is my fault. I get it. This is no, my fault. It's just, you know, his negative energy. I'm like, oh, and just starts making me think, like, will they lose? Well, you know. The internet's gotta... a weird place because now we can share energy on the internet, and that's what makes the vibes go this way. Exactly. Uh, from your boys, Alonso Juan and the babyface gimmick in the sky, Roger, uh, and who is not here. She's on assignment on a boat somewhere, according to Fluffy, uh, Alicia Del Valle. Uh, this episode of the podcast was presented by our partners at Bet Online. If you go to their website today, which is betonline.ag, and use our promo code, which is Believe50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Huge thanks to them for presenting this week's episode of the podcast. Uh, we will catch you guys next week, uh, and we will see, I guess we will see the cataclysmic failure of my prediction because Roger agrees with me. So on that note, Thank you again for tuning in, and we will catch you down the road. Go Dodgers. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Please subscribe and leave a review to the Bleed Lows Podcast. The Bleed Lows Podcast is a Dodgers Beat production. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.